0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of God'll Get You For That, Walter. And he does, albeit silently. It was pantomime. <laughs> yes, it was pantomime. Pantomime. Welcome to God'll Get You For That, Walter, a podcast where we discuss the 1970s hit sitcom, Maude.
1: Maude.
0: My name is Tom Cat, and I am joined by the Duchess of Home Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> the Countess of the Quaffinette. <laughs> I'm joined by the fabulous Tony Holmberg, and today we are going over the—it's uh, season two, episode twenty-four, "The Runaway." Our episode forty-eight. Our episode forty-eight. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was directed by Hal Cooper, written by Norman Lear, Bud Grossman, and Alan J. Levitt, and it aired March fifth, nineteen seventy-four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has guest stars Juan de Carlos as Mr. Potter uh tamu blackwell returns as francie potter mm-hmm. and ralph wilcox uh, special guest is hinkley 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 mm. very one note character yeah. if you ask me yes um but i i do w- i wish that they brought back tamu for for more episodes because i think this was her last that was it that was it it was, that just was those, it was just those two episodes oh well very sad but what'd you think of it it was a good episode it was good. I enjoyed it. Much much better than Philip's Problem. Yeah, Philip's Problem was a little bit, uh, a little bit much. Yeah. I really feel like they knew they had, you know, 24 episodes yes. that had to be made. Yes, to those unaware, this is the season two the closer. season two, the last two episode closer. of season two. Yep. And I really feel like they just knew they had, it was, last episode was almost like filler. Like, yeah. we, we, we have to, ha- we need something to film. Something, something to film, what can we do? And they just, that was about I the mean, also March do. Madness, I'm sure Sweep's Week was still a thing in the 70s. So, but, you know, they needed to, uh, they needed to make something, that's what they made. Yep. And uh, I, I, I do feel like they saved a good episode for the last one. Yes, with, with this, this, one. Was, it this was, this really it was, was a good episode. It was a good episode. We laughed, we laughed. There were laughs. There yes. were definite laughs. So we open. Um, Maud is on the phone in an outfit that I really want. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of cleavage showing from mm-hmm. from V in this episode. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised. Mm-hmm. She's on the phone with Arthur. Yep, complaining that you know Arthur's going to make them late. Yes, uh, because they're going to the theater that night. Right, and uh, it was she was mentioning that she she didn't want to hear about. Um, what was it making them late? Like? They were getting frisky. They were getting amorous. They were, they were, getting, getting, they were, they were you know, Vivian's making love. She and should have never told Vivian to put the vitamin E on the artichokes. Stop sprinkling vitamin E on your artichokes. Yes, I hate that I gave you that idea. Yes, yes. Um, so she's quite, quite mad at Arthur because she's blaming him that they're, they're going to be late. Yep. For this, this uh, event, event that they're going to. I think believe it was a, a theater, a benefit, some some type of benefit, some, some, something something like some that. theatrical benefit, some sort of you know, white middle class, you know thing thing that they were gonna be going <laughs> to. It, it was a thing. And but I mean they the, I mean when Morton when and when Walter were arguing they rattled off some very very famous like vaudevillean theatrical names. Yes, yes. I didn't get I didn't get m- the only one I anymore. got was Booby Campo. Booby Campo, okay. And uh, Arlene Dahl? Is that one? Arlene Dahl was yes. another one that I heard. Yes, um, uh, actress from you know many moons ago. Many moons ago. Yes. Many moons ago. So we hear Walter yelling. He can't. He needs his suspenders. He can't find his suspenders. And Maud c- calls back to him. You know, you're not driving, so you can hold your pants. That's right. That's right. Um, and you know, uh, so she ends up hanging up with Walter, I believe. Arthur. Oh, with Arthur, ends up hanging up. She on hangs Arthur. up on Saying, Arthur. Get here as fast as you can. can as fast like, can, like can, yes, yes. Because she wants, to, she wants to see all the celebrities. Yes, uh, yes. So Walter comes downstairs. Mm. He's still asking her, "Where's his suspenders?" Because he's blaming her. He says she puts things where he can't, where find, he can't them. find them. Isn't that just like a man to say that? Absolutely. Absolutely. My husband can't find anything. You hide it on him. Uh, absolutely. On purpose. Yes. Of course. Of course you do. If it's if anything, like it's in the refrigerator, he can't find it. Yep. He just can't find you, it. Because you, you you make I've life hidden. that much difficult for absolutely. him. Absolutely. It, it, it gives me a, it tickles me, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. So uh, Maude tells him that, you know, she says, oh, they're hanging off the roof. They're hanging on the roof. And what was her reasoning? So she can do the, the win- so she can clean the windows <laughs> and the second story, the second story uh, area. Past. Right, right. That's why she has them hanging. That's why she has them hanging off, them off the roof. And, you know, she's, she's complaining that they're, uh, they're going to, they're going to be, they're going to be late. Um, and uh, yes, because it's, the, it was the panel of uh, What's My Line. The entire panel of What's My Line. Yes, yes. And uh, I believe that's when we, they cut to outside. Yes, they cut to, they cut to the, the, entrance, the front the, the front, front door. And it's Francie Potter. Francie Potter. Um, and with a, with a, a young man. With a young man named Hinckley, Who we find out is named Hinckley. Yeah, And uh, they're, they're, they're trying to get... They're trying to pull a they're hustle. They're trying to pull a hustle on yes. board. Yes. Um, and, and Francie's nervous about it because she says, you know, it's not going to be easy. To, to out-talk okay. Maude Finley. She's the world's champ. Yeah, she's got a bigger mouth than Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yes. I appreciated it. And that. she doesn't really... She didn't really like lying to Maude. And Hinckley's telling her, you gotta, you know, sell her... You Give her the sob story. Yep. Why gamble on the truth when you got yes. a good, honest lie? That's right. Absolutely. So, I believe... Uh, Hinkley goes to, like, hide in the bushes. Yep. With a very, very sparkly guitar. Yes. That was quite the prop. Yes. I love it. He had actually, he had, like, it was sort of like a Jumpsuit. A, a denim, denim jumpsuit. jumpsuit. Very I, 70s. I had a Of course jumpsuit. you did. I had a denim jumpsuit. A denim jumpsuit. With, hey, listen, I love a good jumpsuit. And jump it was, flares. Of, it was flares. flares. of course it was. I mean, I mean, that was the outfit that I made And myself. I wore them with my earth shoes. That's shoes. what you did. You wore them yep. with the earth You wore shoes. them with the earth shoes. Or, yes. or platforms. Yeah. Yes. Or yes. Yes, platforms. you could wear platforms. I never had platforms. Really? I was too young. Was, well, now you're old and you can wear them all the gay. time. Now I wear them all the time. <laughs> they, but they, have a stil- they have a stiletto <laughs> heel. Of course they do. Yes. Fun- funny story. Uh-oh. Because at um, uh, Saturday night, mm-hmm. as you know, but our listeners may not know, I did yes. a... Yes, there cabaret. was a benefit. You did a cabaret, a cabaret. for the, the Long Island Gay Men's Chorus. Right. So it was it was me and some of our uh, drag family. Yeah. Madison yes, Mansfield, yes, yes. Madison Mansfield, Flame Bell, La Bell and Roger Moore, Moore. And, and the boys from the Long Island Gay Men's and Chorus. And the boys in the band. So at one point, um, I, I was I was doing a little banter, talking with Alexis. Of and, course you were. And you know she went off, and I was about to get off, and like because um, they were using the wired mics. My like dress and foot got caught in like the wire and I had no <laughs> choice but to, to like you know I, I take my foot out of the shoe and you know and then and, and I was I was I was Class. just like you know Class. well I had a long gown on so it yes. wasn't like you even saw but it's like I point I was you know you know something goes awry when you're a professional. You don't let it like trip you up. You, Never. You, I, I, you I, I said it. okay. I've got a bit I can do here. I said I, you know, and I said you know. Oh, well, there goes my shoe. I said no, now I got there. You know, I have no choice. I have to take the other one off now. And I, you know, and then of course by by that point. I'm, d- I'm down about... You're, you're down, down about a foot. Uh, half a foot, at least. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I said, you see you, you see how short I am now? I said, no. I said without the wig, I said, I'm like one of the little people from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, my God. Well, we we, we neither- represent the munchkins. Yes. I represent right the lollipop um, guild. Everybody laughed. Everybody oh, laughed. Yeah, you so, you know, so, but, but that's what you do. Life gives you lemons, you make, make lemonade. lemonade. You lose your shoe on stage. Make a joke Make out a of joke it. Make a joke about it. And, that, and that's what, that's what I do. The best thing you could do as a drag entertainer is read yourself. Oh uh, yeah, nobody ever objects. No one will object. No one some ever be, objects. Some queens will actually encourage that behavior. Yes. <laughs> I encourage you to do it constantly. Every single day. Every day of my life. Literally, if that were me, I would be like, this is my mother, the amazing shrinking woman. and <laughs> You would have been dead on. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I really would have. So Francie rings the bell. Here goes our future, she says. Yes, yes, she she rings she rings the bell, rings the bell, and Maud obviously mm-hmm. is like, well, finally, it's about time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She so she thinks, opens opens the door, and she's agog. It's it's, it's Francie Potter who's crying. She sobs uncontrollably, mm-hmm. obviously laying it on super real thick. thick, real thick. So we come. And of, Maud is just like, is something wrong? <laughs> That's our Maud. and Francie starts laying it on really thick that she's you know just a a poor black girl who's walked all the way from the ghetto, thirty-five miles from the ghetto. Right, exactly from the ghetto. We're on our way to, so of course you know. Maud is insisting we're on our way to the theater so yeah. I can't I can't be bothered yeah. with this yet. Yeah. So what yeah. like, like yes. just she's trying to get to the bottom of what's going on right. because and she's obviously late for the theater. Yeah, and she and she's she's like, you know, we'll, we'll talk when we get when we get back. We're we're going to the to the theater. Yep. And, um, and Francie continues to lay it on thick, saying yeah. that her dad beats her, that right, he's right. an alcoholic. And Maude brought up, she was like, is it, is it gang trouble? Is there going to be a ramble? Is there going to be a ramble tonight? <laughs> yeah, a ramble. And she's like... Switch, it, knife. Yeah, switch, switch knife. Switch knife. They're going to use a switch knife on her. Yeah. Yes, and one of the ongoing jokes is that you know, Francie says, uh, Maud will say she's 16 years old, and Francie will come back almost, almost 17. 17. Yes. So you know, you are 16 going on. Yes, and uh, so Francie tells them that um, her her father was was beating her. Yeah. And uh, so 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 Maud says she's she's trying to uh, deduce what's going on. Yes. And why? But, but she's trying to she's trying to be like. Uh, uh hip. she's trying to talk in african-american vernacular yes. english which and is she's saying did he go upside your head and so france is just like let me just put it in white people talk yeah <laughs> i mean also not for anything there's a lot of disparity when it comes to using african-american vernacular english because mm-hmm. you know some white people take a little advantage and they try to speak in that specific mm, way mm. and there are, it's a microaggression. Mm-hmm. If a white person is using AAVE, it's a microaggression. And there mm. are some people that are just like, please don't use those words. Yes. And you mm. know that years ago it used to be called ebonics. Now it's now it's African American vernacular English. Okay. I didn't even know that. Yep. I didn't even know e- the more you know. I didn't even know Ebonics was still was even a still a thing. It evolved. It evolved. It evolved. Okay. Um, and I mean, sometimes you'll see it, sometimes you'll see white queens use, I'm, I'm specifically speaking about white drag queens, mm-hmm. there are some white drag queens that will use that as their way of speaking. Yes. And it, it sometimes yes. can get a little aggressive, like yes. I've seen a lot now, of- Now, is the, that is that considered cultural appropriation? To a degree, yes. Okay. To a degree, yes. Because I've also seen, I'm sure you've seen it, mm-hmm. when, uh, when um, a white drag queen says she wants to wear box braids, or really- when any when any when anybody white person, white wants, to person wants to wear box, box braids, and I've I've seen personally, I would never wear box braids. It's not it's not it's me. not the style that I'm into. Um, but it's but I've I've seen like so many like things about it going back and forth. Like you know, people saying that it's all it's cultural appropriation. You can't wear box braids, and then I've I've seen people saying, well. The, the, Vikings the Vikings did it. Did it? They the Vikings box did it. They also and, wore box braids. But are you trying? You're not really trying to be a Viking. You're trying to emulate, you know, uh, African American culture. You're not trying to emulate. I mean, it, there's, I, there's if you, there's you a want a to wear blonde school. box braids, if you're putting on the the helmet with the horns, uh, <laughs> 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 long and hood, long in and 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 as, <laughs> as Rose would put it. Watch then his, maybe watch it's okay. You know when you and you and, and you're performing the 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 rings of the knee are... belonging <laughs> you know go to hold go to then i guess it would be okay. Oh my god. Then Almighty. i guess it would be okay. Yeah, you're right. Right? Me. You're right. I am assuming it's it's a very it becomes slippery a, slow. it becomes a very slippery slope. Slippery and slope. You know, there's always going to be someone that will say it's this and someone saying that it's that. And you know, this is why I believe in communism. <laughs> I know what I know. I'm a communist. Yes. but I've I've seen even people saying, if you like on Facebook, if you use a uh, a gif that that's a black you, you, person, yeah, if you use a gif of a black person, they, it's almost like minstrel. They're saying it's like yeah, it's it's like black. It's appropriative. Things. Yeah, um, it's again, it's just what is a microaggression and what isn't a microaggression. And, you know, it is not up to us as two very chicken cutlet queens to uh, make that state. It's not up to us to determine what is and isn't a microaggression. It's up to the community that is being oppressed that is up to determine what mm. is a microaggression. Mm. But on the other hand, then I say, well, if you try to... Uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if, if then, what? what do you do, then do you eliminate everything? Then... Then are we whitewashing things? I'm yeah, like, it's, I, I don't, I it's, don't know what's. It's a very interesting conversation yeah. that will be ongoing for the rest of our days, right? It's going to be going on for the rest of our days because I mean, you know, it's always funny. Uh, this is this is something that's like stuck out in my mind. There were a lot of people years ago that would say, "Oh, you have a very thick Brooklyn accent," mm-hmm. and I would say, "Well, yes, I'm I'm from Brooklyn." Mm-hmm. And years ago, it was Italians that had you know the really thick Brooklyn accent where they would talk like this. Yeah and you know it evolved from being the way italians talk to mm-hmm. now how black people talk mm-hmm. and how, like it's it just it really became bizarre to me and i'm like i've always spoken that way that's just how i speak sometimes mm. especially if i'm incredibly pissed off at somebody mm. um mm. but it's it's just it's it's an evolution that will it, American English is constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. Every single, I mean, even in foreign countries, every single household will have their own way of talking mm-hmm. and their own way of speaking. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's interesting. It's, it just, it's interesting to see the evolution of American English. It is. In all its forms. It is. All right, so back to Maud. Talk white people to you. Yes, uh, I <laughs> my th- heart, my heart's in the ghetto. <laughs> my heart's in the my heart's in the ghetto. It's yeah, true. Maud. I do I do live in the suburbs, but yes. my heart is in the ghetto. Yes. Uh, it's, I think it's about at that point that Arthur but and I mean, Vivian mean in. Know, yes, at that point, Vivian comes in um, with Arthur. With Arthur, and she's Vivian's complaining. I, and, I was trying to do my hair. Her hair my is hair, hair, is, a hair is, a is a mess. My hair is a disaster. disaster. Maud says. Yes, well, it matches your dress. It matches your dress. What a great friend. I, I know. What a gr- Everyone should have a friend like Maud. You do. <laughs> yeah. It's me. And you also have a friend like Maud. It's me. It's, it's you. So, I think at that um, point... Um, 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 and and, and Maud is like, you, you remember. Fran- Francie... And Arthur's like, oh, he's saying, oh, yes, I remember, you know. Her passion project. Yes, yes. Her, her uh, going over race relations. Yes, and he pointed out that. Maud's you know, still white. She's still white. <laughs> Very interesting yes. choice of words from both mm-hmm. Maud and Arthur. Mm-hmm. Because, again, that's what Norman Lear did. He showed you both sides mm-hmm. of the coin. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vivian comments about uh, Walter's suspenders being on the roof. And the, so, look, on that, the look on Walter's face. Yeah. Oh my, that was so, too yeah. funny. It was way too uh, funny. So I think that's when Maud brings Francie into the kitchen yes. for a little private for talk. For a little private talk, one-on-one. Yes. And um, that's when they, they sit down. Yep. And uh, Francie starts telling her this this lie that uh her her father uh, has been beating her. Yep. And she like pulls up her sleeve. And it's all bandage. Bandages. And you know, she's really playing on Maud's yes. guilt. Yes. Which and, and, makes and, sense. and she and she tells her, you know, she's she's running away, and Maud was was like, but what about your mother? And she's like She's, she's fifty three, she's too slow. She's too slow. <laughs> that was funny. It was was. Fun. I mean, just uh, brain, brain It was funny, <laughs> um, and I think Walter comes at that point Walter into the comes into the kitchen too. and he's like, "Maud, yes. they're here. Like, we gotta, mm-hmm, we gotta go. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's going on?" Right, and uh, and then she, you know she explains to him that you know Francie's father is beating her, and Walter's like, "Why why would he be beating her?" And Maud turns <laughs> to Francie and says. <laughs> That poor misguided honk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and now Maud points out that she, you know, Francie is suffering from battered child syndrome. She read about it in, in McCall's, McCall's. Yes, in McCall's. On the back of a a, a recipe a recipe for a, one thousand ways to disguise elbow, elbow macaroni. macaroni. <laughs> yes, uh, I probably know about as many. Ways to cook elbow yep. macaroni myself. Yes, you do. I, I love elbow macaroni. I I'm do, sorry. too. I do love it. I mean, uh, I'm a sucker for pasta in general. Yes. I, I can eat pasta every day. Same. and I almost do. Yep. Arthur pops his head in, you know, telling him, you know, they're going to be late. And, um. A baseball bat to stun the roaches. Yes, yes, next. um, yes. That's why they're such good hitters. Yes, yes. I guess the roaches were a baseball team? no. Oh I, no! I don't think so. I didn't. I honestly didn't get the joke. Uh, they were talking about literal roaches. But why are they such good hitters? I don't know. Uh, that's why I'm like maybe there was I a baseball. Maybe there was a baseball I team. Never heard of a baseball team called the Roaches? We'll have to. We'll have unless to... it's such good hitters, roaches. No, so I don't think they would have been joking about marijuana. I mean, they did a whole know. episode on it. But they never mentioned. They never call it roaches. I mean, I don't think people would have would have known. It got the the joke got a laugh though. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to find we'll out have to about look that. that up. Such good hitters. So yeah. So what happened was Francie. That was all part of Francie explaining what happened that her father came home drunk. Yep. And, and he hit her like yeah, he he turned the lights on and, and he saw, her and, he saw he her and that's why he hit her. That's why he hit her. Um, and uh, Walter, you know, he's he's telling more that there's no evidence like that. You know, her father really hit her. Yep. Um, I think that's about when Arthur and Vivian, uh... They have a bit... Arthur and Walter have a bit. Arthur and Walter, yes. Vivian and Vivian leaves and she, Arthur, right, right. Arthur initially leaves and then yes. like he's saying, five minutes, you have five minutes yes. and then we're gonna leave. And then we're gonna leave. And then Arthur right. comes back in saying, I'm sorry, Walter. Mm-hmm. You must think I'm a terrible person yes. for arguing you with Absolutely. you the way that I am. I'll just take the tickets that you have. Yes. And then he takes yeah. the tickets, and then Walter like begrudgingly gives him the tickets. Yeah. Like sure thing, pal. Yeah. And it was just pal, buddy, a yes. Yes. Uh, chap. Just, and, uh, just and, very hokey. Arthur's like, you know, we'll go, we'll just go now. And yeah, you, you Out, exit, and, enter, and, exit, and, entrance. And, yeah. And with the last one, he comes back and he's like, you, you know, you know what? We're just gonna go now. We're just gonna take, leave. You take take, take all, all, the all the time, time you need. need. Like he's, you know, being such a gracious, being magnanimous. Person. Being, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Being magnanimous. Meanwhile, he's Good taking word. the tickets that were Walter's tickets. Yeah. The uh, uh, Arthur and Vivian were just their guests. Yes. And he's taking the tickets and yep. just leaving them. And as Uh, they leave, Maude comes out saying, give my regards to Broadway. Which, by the way, anecdotal, give my regards to Broadway was one of Tallulah Bankhead's standards. Oh, I didn't know that. She would always perform that. She, it was, it was, like, you can literally look up Tallulah Bankhead, give my Mm -hmm, regards to mm -hmm. Broadway. That's interesting because... Maud understudied for Tallulah Bankhead when, oh. they, when they toured. B. Arthur with, did. Yes, B. Arthur. I'm sorry, yes. B. Arthur toured with uh, Tallulah, Tallulah Bankhead, and she was her understudy, I think, for Follies. Oh. I'm pretty sure it was for Follies. mm mm-hmm. um, So, yes, anecdotal. Yes. Um. And uh, so now they go back to dealing with Francie. Yep. And Francie's telling them that she needs uh $300. Yep. And... Again, one of the things that I love is, like, Maud is repeating... And this is something that I do myself. Mm-hmm. Maud is repeating everything that Francie's saying. Mm-hmm. Like, Francie will say something, Maud will repeat it. Mm-hmm. Francie will say something, Maud will repeat it. And then mm-hmm. when Francie finally says $300, mm-hmm. Maud's like, and she needs $300. 300-, $300? <laughs> $300? Yes. Yes. Because uh, she's planning to run away to California yep. and start a new life. And yep. she's going to be staying with a, with a grown-up there. Yep. Um, and Maud's like, Francie, you you're only 16 and going on 17. Yes, yeah, has, yes. Always has to throw that in. Yeah. And Francie's just like, you know, I, 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 can't go back, back home. And 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 uh, Maud is like, oh, she's she's all grown up now. To think she was just she, a baby. She's the baby. And Maud is and... like, Maud, you've only <laughs> known her three months. <laughs> and Maud shoots back, How'd you like to hold your breath for that long? <laughs> And Maud is is like will help, and Walter is like no, no, absolutely not. So Walter, at that point, goes into the kitchen. I mean, no, goes into goes, the the living, living room, room to the phone on that little desk thing. Yes, and he and calls, he Mr. calls Potter. Mr. Potter, and he tells him, Mr. Potter, your your daughter is here. And Maud grabs the phone and she calls him a beast yes you know she's you know that he's a drunken beast he's not going to be hitting his daughter anymore and you know and she hangs up on him and she says his breath reeks of liquor even through the phone yeah and she says we're giving her the we're giving her the money we're giving her the money and by the time we get we can still catch one of johnny carson's yeah. ex-wives right right so they, they they tell uh francie they're they're in the kitchen and Moore tells her you know just just sit and wait we'll be back after the theater they you know well, well Walter was like well, I don't have 300 dollars on me and Maude is like well, uh, I mean, between, like, well between me you, you Vivian, Arthur, Arthur always carries cash right. on him right we'll, we'll have the 300 dollars they tell Francie we're going we're going to go to the theater you stay here and when we come back we'll give you the 300 dollars yes and they go out the back kitchen. door they go out the back, back door. door of the kitchen that's when Francie runs to the front door. Runs to the front door and allows uh, and Hinkley and lets into the house. Hinkley in, and, and she's the telling them they're giving they're giving us the money. They left they left us the uh, you know the house, the house to, ourselves. to ourselves. And then they start making they out. start making out. And then we cut back to the kitchen. The kitchen. Maude and Walter come back in. I don't remember what was the reason that they fourth time back. fourth time that the battery has been killed because. Maud left the headlights on. Okay, yes, I've been known to do that myself. Maud left the headlights on. And uh, they, they but hear I mean, that. I I hate that. That is such a trope, or that was such a trope years ago that women what? were just awful drivers. Oh yeah, such a trope. I remember what, there was something I was scrolling on Tumblr because that's still a thing, kids, um, and there was this one one blog that I follow that like posts old cartoons, like mm-hmm. old cartoons from like the 40s and 50s. Right. And there was one where it was this uh, wife that was doing all of these things and there was a bit where she was driving her car and then she parallel parks and mm-hmm. as she parallel parks, she gets the car behind her and then the car in front of her uh-huh. and then the car behind her and uh-huh. then the car in front of her again uh-huh. before she finally parks. And uh-huh. I'm like, that's so, that's so bad. Uh-huh. It's just so bad. Yeah. I, so I mean, I'm Statistically speaking, oh no. the worst drivers are uh, young white males. Yes! With yes. good reason. They're terrible drivers. Yeah. Um, there are times I'm driving on the highway and I turn and I see this beautiful Mustang and I see a two-year-old driving yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, uh, The other thing that, that bothers me. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, I don't know how it is in other states, <laughs> but Long Island, yes, motorcycle drivers are like the worst drivers that, you know, a motorcyclist is supposed to treat their vehicle as if it were a a car. car And maintain like a a space, you know, on both sides and in front and behind as if they were a car. Because they're not supposed to weave in and out of lanes, in and out of cars. And drive and, drive on that dotted line. Yeah. And I see them doing it all the time. And that's also... How they get? Uh, yeah, how they, get, they get, killed. get killed? There was anecdotal again. Uh, me and my family were driving in the family van. Like this was when I was much younger and uh-huh. shorter. Did you um, have sing-alongs? No, oh. no, my family was not a singalong we type. Singalong type. Oh, that's um, that's sad. And we were driving, I think, on the southern state. Either the southern state or the SAG. And there were these motorbikers, mm. and they had they they were motocross bikes. Like right. they were they were like dirt, I don't know if they were called like dirt bikes or just motocross bikes. Right. Um and I remember seeing out of one of the mirrors the bicyclist being like he was in the air. He was oh, airborne. Geez. Yeah. And you know, we just kept on, just kept it moving. But oh, I remember right. specifically seeing a bicyclist go from dr- from driving to being shot in the air. Wow. And I don't know what happened. Obviously, oh. after that, it was just, oh, it was God. a wrap. Wow. But I just remember seeing that, and I'm like, mm. and this is why I don't want to drive a motorcycle. Yeah. No. But I will drive one of those trikes. Oh, you will? I will drive a well, trike. They don't. they're not really supposed to be on the road, right? No. They're on, like, uh, like it's an all-terrain vehicle, right? Yes. An ATV. Not, not an ATV. It's literally one wheel in the front and two wheels in the back. Oh, okay. And it's, like, almost well, like a... I don't know what you would consider it I know it's I know they're not street legal mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're not street legal didn't just recently I saw on the news like in the city they like bulldozed a bulldozed a lot that they confiscated yep I can believe that because you know they get they, they were people were driving them on city streets yep and, and they're not, not and you're not allowed you're not so to. you know when they catch you doing that they take the vehicle and they they showed I suppose it, the it. they had a bulldozer and the bulldozer, they bulldozed those vehicles. Which, All that money. I know that doesn't really make any sense. No, nope, why it not? Doesn't. Why not auction them off? Auction, but who are you going to auction them to? And who are you going to sell them to? Well, they could auction them off of in <laughs> another another part of the country that allows they? them. True, true, you know, true. Some, someplace you know, meaningless to us like Oregon. <laughs> South Kent, Dakota, Kentucky, places like <laughs> Mississippi. that, Mississippi. Yes, those the, those states that you know, they're, they're meaningless to Open us. Open carry states. Of course, of course. None, anybody listening to this in those states will never listen to us again. But we digress. Do we though? Oh, so, Maude <laughs> and Walter, they come in the kitchen and they hear California. Here, here we, we come. come. Yeah, coming out from the living room, and, and they're like, Maude is very. Maud looks quizzically at yes. everything. Yes. And you know they start making out, and they being Francie and, and Hankley. And Maud enters into the living room and right. sees the two of them, and, yes. is, and just screams, "Francie!" Yes. And Maud is like, you know, how how, how could how could you lie to me? Yep. Because now she's she's realizing, you know, something's something's up. This this whole thing has been a scam. Yep. I think before they cut to commercial what yeah. I think says this is the adult you're going to be living with in California right right and Hinckley is obviously not much older than than Francie, Francie. yeah so we can assume that he is either in his we can assume that he is either like 18, 18 19, 19 possibly 20 yes a little um, older not a lot but not a, little a lot older. but a little older a little older um but still you know could be considered a crime in certain states mm. yes. And uh, I, I, so when so when we got back from the break, that's when you know the interrogation begins. Yes. And uh, uh, what do I? Have? I have something about Walter telling Maud they were going to shack up. And and Maud is like Walter, not in not front, in front of, of, of the children. children. And you know we come to find out that Francie, and Hinkley's like you're get, you've got the wrong impression. Yeah. And Francie, he's like, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna get married. Now, I, I didn't want to mention this as we just literally passed over it, but at the what? same time, if we are to assume that Hinkley is in his twenties, yeah, and we can almost deduce that Hinkley has been grooming Francie. Mm. Mm. Because you know that is something that I have been noticing a lot more of, um, specifically in my community, mm-hmm. uh, the, cos- uh, the cosplay community is what I'm obvious is what I'm talking about. How is it talking about? Listen to me, mm-hmm. I sound so pretentious. But that is a thing where like older men right. will try and persuade younger women to being with them right. in a specific way. I think there was actually. I remember reading on Facebook there was some president or uh, of some country mm-hmm. where he waited until his new wife turned 18 so that way the two of them can get married. Oh, geez. And I forget if it was, some, it was either a president of a country or if it was someone in the United States mm-hmm. that was waiting until this child became 18. Look at Elvis Presley and Priscilla. Elvis Presley and Priscilla, yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis married his 13-year-old cousin. Yep. I mean, this is something... What's the, not Andy Warhol. What's the other one's name? Woody... Not Woody Harrelson. Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Woody Was, Allen married his... Uh, his... Uh, uh, Mia Farrow's... Mia Farrow's adopted adopted daughter. Adopted daughter. Yes. He never... I mean, he says he never considered her like a stepdaughter. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's just—it's it's uncomfortable regardless. It's, un- uncomfortable. it's uncomfortable regardless. You know, I—I I mean, yeah, I don't know. But obviously, you know, this has been a long-standing thing with older men yes. wanting younger women. Yep. And. Uh, but apparently, if an older woman wants a younger man, she's obviously labeled a cougar. A cougar. Yes. Yes, it's the double standard. We love that double standard. We love love double, that double standard love the, so much. The double standard so much. So, um, but you know, I mean, we've all seen like the things on on Facebook, with like you know, I, uh, when when the new iPhone is going to come out, and you see like this young twink with a <laughs> much with with older, older guy. guy. Yeah, with <laughs> a much older guy. Daddy, could you please get me the, the new wow. iPhone? Yes. Yes. Thanks. I mean, you know. The, it does sort of like, in, in, I mean, obviously not with children, but with, you know, somebody who is very young, but an adult, let's say over the age of, you know, at least the age Looking of 21. Over the age of consent. At least the age, the, the age of 21. Um, we've seen that, someone of that age, like, you know, with much older uh, partners. Yeah. And uh, because they want the financial security. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's yeah. that's that's something that's something I've seen. Oh, I, yeah, I've definitely seen that. Especially, you know, nowadays that. Uh, nowadays, with you know, twenty somethings and thirty somethings realizing just how effed in the a they are. Yeah. over their finances, yeah. hi present company included. Trust me, if it wasn't for my family, I would be severely screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, we could always stay in my shed. Thanks. <laughs> really appreciate that. Nothing fills me with more joy than to be told, oh, you can stay in my shed. Thank you. Graciously, thank you. Anytime, pussycat. But I mean, like, this is this is a reality for some, for some 20 and 30-somethings where they just yes. can't afford yeah. rent. Yeah. Nice. There are some, I remember reading recently in Manhattan or, like, in Brooklyn, there was this $3,300 a month apartment. How small. The size of this room. This room, yeah. The size of the yeah. room that we are in right now. Ridiculous. Probably like like nine by what? Nine by eight? Yeah. Just and insane. That's ridiculous. Insane. It's ridiculous. So it stands to reason that there are <sighs> these that there are that there are a growing number of May December relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Yep. Yeah. You know, not that I'm. I, you know, we are I'm, not. We are not against them. We are not yeah. for them. If, it's it's if two ind- people ind- are indifferent. Of, two people are of legal age. Yes. Nobody has any right to say anything about it. Nope. Okay. If someone's, if one person is of legal age and the other is not, yep, we take issue. Yes, especially, yeah. if, and so does the uh, so does the law, especially like, if grooming is involved. And when especially I, the, in the law, yeah. When, when I say grooming, I mean like someone is obviously waiting for this younger yeah. person to become of age, yeah. And they're just like saying, "Oh, you're beautiful. Oh, you're this. You're that. When we're together, it's going to be yeah. beautiful. When you're of age, like we're going to be able to do yeah. all these things that we've promised to each other." Yeah, and because, I think in a lot of those cases, you know, there's there's a there may be things going on. And yes. you know that there really shouldn't. There be. should not be. Yeah. Anyway, Anywhoos we, we digress we as like always. So Maud now she hears the word married, and she immediately oh, oh she becomes she becomes, oh. married oh how romantic you know you know I was ju- I was seventeen when I first got married mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know she I think Maud points out that, what are you going to do about money? Right, says, when the money runs when out. When the landlord comes to the mm-hmm. door, love goes out the window. Mm-hmm. And she says, there is the other We're way right around? around. <laughs> so, you know, Maude continues to say, I was 17 when I got married and they- it was the first time I-. But, I mean, does that mean that she got married to Barney at 17? It would have to be. I guess she got married to Barney at 17. Yes. And um, she said they honeymooned at some lake in the back of a pickup truck. Yep. And Walter, uh, he... That's what he points out, um, uh, that uh, well, well, Francie's trying to point out. You know, she's only she only wants to do what Maud did. Yeah. And Walter is like, yeah, but she was making the a career, career out, out of it. <laughs> it. That's when we get, to one, when we get to one of the best scenes in the show. In, and Maud points to the, the ceiling, ceiling, obviously with, pointing to, to God. God. And just has this grimace on her face, mm. just this this severe look of anger, mm, mm, and points directly at Walter. Yeah, God is gonna get you, Walter. He, he doesn't have to say that. it. Doesn't even have to say so it. She just points to God and to points Walter. Points to God and points to Walter. Yes. And uh, Maud is like, but you know, you you don't have you don't have any plans. And that's when Frank, uh, Francie, and Hinckley. Start telling that Maude and Walter about their big plans. They plan to go to for, Hollywood, for Hollywood, enter Motown. They're going to record for Motown. Record for Motown. They're going to make some real money. Yep. And they know it won't happen overnight. It may take maybe two, three weeks. Two, three weeks. weeks. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's how long it took me to become an overnight success. Of course. And uh, that's when <laughs> they got into a really funny bit. Um, Where they started performing. Yes, because they're, they're like, you know, well, you know are, are you... Are, well are you musicians or and and, and for instance, like, yeah, we, we have we're we're like a, we're in a rock band what were the names the like the, the electric the electric short cake. short cakes. and then walter says yeah. more like electric fruit Fruitcake. cakes yes and uh so that's when they uh they decide they're going to show they're going to do their do their act for them and they go over by the bar <laughs> and apparently hinckley is the world's only rock and roll spoon player <laughs> you know, the, the first time I ever learned you could use spoons as an instrument was in music class in grade school. Uh-huh. And I remember we were given these plastic spoons uh-huh. from the lunchroom, and we were just like, oh, how interesting. Uh-huh. How cute is that? What a great way to make uh-huh. music. So when I saw that, I was just like, wow, this is bad. <laughs> this is <laughs> like just... just- you were just like uh, Anna Kendrick from Pitch Perfect. Thanks. And <laughs> Yes. Thank you. Nothing fills me with greater joy. I'm sure. Although, hilariously enough, Anna Kendrick became, she was, she performed in a uh, movie musical called, um, oh, God, Camp. Camp! I love that movie. It was called Camp, and she performed The Ladies Who Lunch. Yes. Funny, funny story. Uh-oh. my husband's, uh, uncle, okay, okay. Uh, on his mother's side, she, he was he, he was married to Frank's mother's sister. Okay. that's so he wasn't like he's not uh, direct blood, but yes. he was married to, Ma- uh, married family, to through family through marriage. Family through marriage. And his brother yes is Ben Lanzarone. Oh, who is married to Eileen Graf? Yes, from uh, uh, Mr. Belvedere. Yes, so Eileen's brother is. Todd Graff, who uh, wrote and directed Camp. Yes, and you know when I was doing the Talking Tony Show, I had I you had, had Todd, Todd on the show. On. Yes. Oh, that must have and, been fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. You know, we. Were, you know, because I, 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 was telling Todd that you know, Camp was. It's like it's like one of my my favorite favorite. Movies. It was honestly loved, one of my favorite movies too. I for a loved while, that, I love that movie. I, I had su- I had such a crush on the lead actor. Mm-hmm. Such a crush on Daniel Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, when he sings "Wild Horses," They're I didn't like "Wild Horses." I like the final scene where he stripped naked and was coming out of the water and says that he was skinny dipping uh-huh. and he was trying to seduce the um, the little Latin boy in drag. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I remember watching that scene and I'm like. Yeah, I'm definitely gay. <laughs> definitely, definitely there. Yep. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, honey, you came out of the womb doing jazz hands. Who are we kidding? I came out of the <laughs> womb with a fucking shell necklace <laughs> and tentacles and sang Poor Unfortunate Souls. That's that's where I'm at, okay? Okay? I apologize for swearing. <laughs> Literally. I, you know, I remember, again, I remember asking my mother... Who was my favorite Disney character? Who was my favorite Disney character? Was it was it any of the original five, like Donald, Mickey, uh, Goofy, Pluto, and she goes, Tom, your favorite Disney character was Ursula. Ursula. I'm like, mm. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I have always been a drag queen, apparently. See, mine was the uh was the, the wicked queen from <laughs> I Yes! You know. Yep. She was my favorite. Yep. With all good reason. Yes. All good reason. There's actually I don't know if you ever saw the movie, um, Annie Hall by uh, Woody Allen. No, I have not Diane seen Keaton. Annie Hall. But there's like there's like a funny little animated scene in it because Woody Allen he was he's, he was saying how like when he was a kid the, <laughs> the Wicked Queen was his favorite character. Yes. And there's this little scene with him uh, and animated him and the Wicked Queen. Yes. Um and, and they have some dialogue back and forth and, and you know at one point he says he says to he says to her cuz she's being kind of bitchy. He's like, "Are you having a period?" <laughs> she's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> you got uh, to love it. I mean, Woody Allen, I mean, he's problematic, but what but Annie Hall it really is one of one of the you know best movies ever made. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it is from it what really I from is. what I've heard it's a good movie. It's yeah. just unfortunate that, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, same thing with Jackson Pollock. Like he was problematic AF, mm-hmm. but he still made gorgeous paintings. Yes. It's like there's this one scene in Annie Hall uh, when Woody Allen goes to meet Diane Keaton's family yeah. for the first time, and they're like, you know, he's so New York, so Jewishy, and they're all like, you know middle class white wasping mm-hmm. p- waspy protestant america and like the, they showed like the grandmother staring at him and then they show you like what she's and she's looking at when she's look sees him or she sees like a jew with the hat and the pants and, the, <laughs> and, the, and the, 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 the coat and everything and it was like oh my god yeah That's... And, and it, it was really it's really funny we love that journey for him yes I um, again. Mm-hmm. The Wicked Queen was based off of Walt's mother. Was based off of oh. Walt Disney's mother, uh-huh. as well as Joan Crawford. I believe it. Yep. Yeah. I have no problem believing that. Let me tell you something. Every single Disney Ooh. villainous was based off of some type of fabulous character. Maleficent yes. was based off of Vampira. Oh. Ursula was based off of Divine, Divine and Gloria Swanson. Yes. Um, the one that I think they actually used Arthur Kitts. Voice, yeah, the, the Yzma. yes, Isma and the Emperor's New Groove, Emperor's New Groove, yes, still, I mean, one of the funniest Disney movies, yeah, that yeah. If if you ever have an opportunity to read the story about how the Emperor's New Groove was created, mm-hmm. it's astonishing. Really, it was supposed to be this like beautiful, like mm-hmm. Disney animated epic mm-hmm. about the uh, sun god, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then somewhere along the lines, it was like, nope, nope. We're gonna turn this into a comedy. Yeah. So it went from being like this beautiful, like Disney musical, like in the style of Beauty and the Beast right. and The Little Mermaid, and then it just became slapstick. Mm-hmm. So just the, you have to read it. It's very interesting Ooh, and interesting. very, very Hollywood, okay. like a very Hollywood story. I, I think a... Owen Wilson. Yes. Owen Wilson was supposed to play the lead character Cusco, mm-hmm. and then they cast David Spade. They they mm-hmm. put David mm-hmm. Spade in that part. It was mm-hmm. it's just it's so interesting. It's just so fascinating. Anywho's. Anyway, so uh, Hinkley and Francie, aka Electric Shortcake, Electric Shortcakes, decide to do a performance, for a rendition a of "Yankee Doodle, Yankee Doodle Went Dandy. to Town." Yes. Riding on a pony. Yes. And just, yes. you know, Maud's really getting into it. And yeah. Walter is, Walter is. his expression just continues to sour. And, and so Walter finally, he, he does a whistle and he's like, hold it. And Maud's like, did you did you hear that? She's like, I, I like it. I like him. Yeah, I like and she him. She has this big smile on her face. And, you know, Walter's like... What are you guys gonna do? You're like you're gonna you're just gonna go. To... He says, "Has anyone ever heard you play?" And, they're like, and Hinkley's they're... like, "No, we're we're total unknowns." Total unknowns. Walter immediately turns to Maud and says, "Can I see you, see in, you the in the kitchen, kitchen. please?" Yes. They walk into the as soon as they walk through the kitchen door. Marco's... Maud is Maud is at first like, "Yeah, I can do it." Tweet tweet tweet. And then they both walk into the and Maud immediately steps over the threshold. Wow, they're really ha. Those kids are really wrong. She says, "But you know, what 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 do we know? Look at look at you know Frankie Lane and and the Mule Mormon train. Tab the Mormon Tabernacle yeah, yeah, The closest they, thing we have to rock and roll is the Mormon, Mormon Tabernacle choir. choir. Yes, yes. But and you she, know, she mentions Mule Train. Yes, because she's pointing out. Well, you know, what do they really know about you know? Pop, what do they know about pop, today's rock pop music? music? You know, it's maybe. And Walter's like, you know, they're living—they're living in a fantasy. He's like, I'm not—I'm not giving them a nickel. Yep. And Francie, she says she's too short to play center for the Harlem Globetrotters. Right, right. And so, so they—they they end up going back out. Maud's saying, you know, she's going to give the the money. And Walters—they like, have an argument about their yeah. marriage. Like, yeah. you know, Walter's like, I forbid, I forbid you it. to give you—I forbid you to give her the four hundred dollars. And they're—they're they're back to like, you know, Maud is. Uh, yelling Walter, Walter is yelling Maud! And, and Hinkley and Hinkley and Francie are turning to Frankly turns to Francie and goes, Do they always argue like this? Mm-hmm. And Francie's like, Yeah, it sure ain't, it sure is neat, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Walter's threatening to call the cops, and that's when we hear the doorbell. Yes, yes, we hear the doorbell, and who's at the door? Francie's father. Francie's father, Mr. Potter. Yes. And he is a Hulk yes. of a man. Yeah, actually, I think we you know, um I, I think we hear we hear oh, oh I I think Maud like didn't open the door. She was saying, Who is it? And that's what he was he was like she Mr. ended up saying Potter. something to the effect of she said something to the to the effect of like I'm not going to let that beast that ogre that alcoholic right. like maimed this poor child right and she opens the door and it's obviously mr potter and she, he goes i'm mr potter and one's like well then you heard what i said have a good day and slams, slams the door, the door in the his door. face and uh that's that's when uh, Hinkley he hides Hinkley says i'm he, gonna hide in the kitchen till cooler heads prevail yeah and walter ends up letting mr potter in yep and um they have this moment where yeah. Maud is like calling him names, like calling him a, drunk a drunken sot. Yes. Um, and yes, uh, and, and she's she's you know you she's, know Maud is like, why don't you pick on someone your own size? And Walter yeah. says, Maud, no one is his no size. no one is his size. because he, he this drowned. this man is standing about a good foot above, above Maud. Walter. Yes, and and Maud is calling him a coward, and she, she's she's like. She's like, she's like, why did you pick me? I dare you to do it <laughs> with my husband standing right there. And she's laughing. Yeah, and she's and laughing. Walter's like, Maud, please. <laughs> this guy can like, like crush him. Yes. This man again. This man is a yeah. Hulk of a human yeah. being. Yes, right? and that's what that's what Maud tells him. You know, why don't you pick on someone your own size? And that's what That's what Walter man, says. Maud, no one is no one is his one size. Is size. And she tells him that he's he's a. Uh, uh, a drunken child beater, and his, his days are over, and and finally, I, th- I think he just yells... He just screams, woman, woman will you shut up? up. And he uh, barks. Yes. And I think that's the first time I think I've ever seen Maud shirk back. Mm-hmm. And Maud's uh, and <laughs> and he... like, "What are you going to let that man talk to me that way? <laughs> and uh, Mr. Potter says, you know, he's telling him, I don't drink. He says, I have an ulcer. the have you ever heard of anybody getting drunk anybody on Maylocks? And And um, that's when, you know, it all comes out that uh, Francie made up the whole story about yeah. her father uh, hitting her. And she said the truth wasn't, Francie says the truth wasn't worth $300. Uh, yes, yes. And, you know, and Maud's like, you Maud's know. Maud is offended. like, I fought with yeah. my husband. Yeah. And Francie's like, but you guys <laughs> do that all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Maud says, that's not the point. <laughs> And Francie's apologizing uh, for, for lying, but, um, you know, uh, really it's, it was, you know, Hinkley kind of pressured her into, into doing it. Which is what all older men yes. do. They will pressure the younger, Yes. Mm-hmm. Naive, I guess we can say, mm-hmm. girl into a specific situation that they are very uncomfortable right. with. So, Walter goes into the kitchen. Um, and looks back. Looks and back and says that Hinkley... Hinkley is gone. Hinkley hightails it. Yes. Yes. And you know, and Francie, Francie's like... she looks and thinks she, she sees he's really gone, and she's like, "Maybe know, I, maybe I am the, uh, the dingling Yeah, because that's what Maud calls her. Maud yes. calls her yes. a dingling. Yeah, um, and you know, at that point. Maud turns to Mr. Mr. Potter, Potter and says, do you mind if I have a moment with Francie? Girl yeah, talk. Girl talk. So he, he, he goes out the front but door. But Francie races over to her father and gives him yes. a big hug and says, yes. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. And he, you know, because obviously, like the man points out, I love my daughter. Why would I beat my daughter? Right, right. Yeah. So he leaves and Francie and Maud are left to have their girl talk. And uh, Maud uh, has a little talk with uh, Francie about the the Hinkleys in our lives. Yeah, you know they're all stinkers. They, they're stinkers. They're all they stinkers. hurt us. And that and Maud says, if ever you know she's there is the real possibility that Hinckley will come back and right. like, Maud Francie will like mm. take him back within a moment's notice. But mm-hmm. Maud was saying, if that ever happens, come and talk it over with me first. Right. Right. Which was it was a very touching moment between the two of them. Right. Right. Um, and I think at that point, Francie, like, gives her a hug and goes to mm-hmm. the door and smiles sweetly and says, mm-hmm. that's show business. That's show business, yeah. <laughs> and walks out the door. Yeah. And, you know, Walter mm-hmm. comes back in and, like, Maud is, they're, they're having a bit of a sentimental yeah. moment. And he's, he's like, well, you know, I hope you learned your lesson. And Maud, uh, Maud says, you know, she's, she's still lying. Uh, all Hinkley has to do is just rattle his spoons and yeah. uh, he'll... She'll go running she'll go running back to him. Yep. And uh that's when Walter points out that uh he took all their spoons. He took all the spoons. Took every damn yes. spoon in the kitchen. He took and Ma- all their spoons. Mark Ma- turns to Walter and goes, Oh, mm. huh? that's show business <laughs> <laughs> And then the two of them hug and then that's uh, that's when the episode ends. Yes. Uh, so it was it was It was a funny episode it was a good episode I enjoyed it I really, yes. really did I remember watching it the first time and I was like eh it's not that great and then of course you watch it a number yeah. of times over and yeah. you know that's something that I always enjoyed about media even when it comes to reading like mm-hmm. always give it another, mm-hmm. another look especially after a number of months or years have passed true true sometimes something just has to grow on you a little yes I don't think Philip's problem will grow on us I I think Phillips. I think Phillips. One of those. Phillips' problem is one of those episodes that'll just state. Yeah, I mean, Keep I. One of those episodes it, it was dead. like I. That's one that I like. I don't feel any need to have to rewatch. I mean, I. I appreciate the episode for what it was trying to accomplish in the time it was written. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, at that point, corporal punishment was definitely you know a mm. thing to be addressed. Right. Nowadays, with you know the advent of C- CPS and even EPS, mm. like there are, it's a different way of viewing it. Right, like you're essentially seeing a child being abused on television. Yeah. and it's funny that they had these two episodes back to back because really both episodes were about um, corporal punishment. Corporal of punishment in a, in a different way. Yes, two two different views. One was used as a ruse, and the other one mm-hmm. was used as an actual form of, of discipline. Of discipline. Yes. So, it's it's very interesting to see the dichotomy of those mm-hmm. two episodes. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, again, it's always interesting to see Norman Lear's interpretation and the way that Norman Lear wrote it and the yes. way that, uh, you know, Alan Levitt wrote it and the way that Bud Grossman wrote it. And then the way it was performed by, you know, B, Bill, uh, Tamu, and, uh, I mean, hell, even Vivian and Arthur, they were mm-hmm. uh, Ruin Conrad. They both did their part in the episode. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think it was a it was a good episode to close the season. With. Yes, very good, very good season. It was, closer. it was very, it was very entertaining. Very good, very good season closer. And uh, I'm sorry, sorry to know that uh, we don't we don't ever see Francie again. We don't. On Maud. We really don't. It's actually yes. it's very sad. Like because yes. she was she was honestly a good character. Yeah. She was a good character. Yes. The, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that the, that. Tama Blackwell also was on a number of episodes with Good Times. I'd like to find, I need to find out how many episodes she was actually on Good Times. For. As a matter of fact, hold on. Look it up. I'm, I'm going to look that up. Because we the- have the dime. dime. We have the dime. dime. Yes. We, we, well, we actually went, uh, in her first episode, we had, we had looked it up. And uh, we saw, like, uh, you know, a bunch of things that she had done. I think, I think actually, she ended up becoming, like, She an became assistant. a director. She became an assistant, and she then she became the, a director. Yeah. Director herself. And producer, I think. Assistant yeah. Director. She and, and assistant I know we director. saw things she did. She was like Assistant Director. She was on one episode of The Jeffersons. Okay. She was on one episode of Good Times. Mm-hmm. One episode of Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. Uh, and two episodes of Maud. Yeah. She was never. Uh, she was never really a regular on anything. But you know, I, I give I give her credit. She was always memorable. Very memorable. The, very she very did. memorable. You know, like Hank, the actor who played Hinckley. I don't know if he did anything else. I don't recognize him. I mean, not from anything. Not. I don't even recognize um, Mr. Potter from anything, unless no. he was like a football player. Yeah, I don't know. Because he was again, he was a beast of a human being. Yeah, like, he was pro- probably about my height. At least. Probably about my height. If and not bigger. If not bigger. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, she was, she was a very good character and she will be remembered as such. Mm -hmm. She will be remembered as a well-written, fleshed out character. And again, a very fleshed out character. Yes. Like we knew, we knew her story backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's Maud. And then there's Maud. So that's it for this. uh, That's that's it for this this episode, kids. Yes, I know. Yes, and that's the and end of that's season the end of of two. Season two, yes. <clears throat> Congratulations! Congratulations to us. another season. Another season in in the can. And the, so, uh, the so can. next episode we will begin season three. Yep. and that episode is called Maud Meets the Duke. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that in. Well, we'll get to that next week. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> next week. If you would like to follow us, you can on all forms of social media. You can on YouTube at God Will Get You For That Walter. On Facebook at God Will Get You For That Walter. And on Instagram at Findlay's Friendly Appliances. If you would like to follow me, you can on all forms of social media as that Tomcat. Uh, and you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, everywhere. I'm all over like dog do. Everywhere. And where can they find you? They, you can find, home perm. they can find Tony <laughs> Homeperm. They can find Tony Homeperm, and that's Tony. <laughs> with an I. With an I. Tony with an I. Uh, pretty much everywhere, same places. It's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and especially TikTok. TikTok. I'm doing very well there. You're doing, you're doing very well I'm, on the TikTok. I'm down with the hip kids <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> I'm I'm getting jiggy with it. You're I'm done with you. I'm getting jiggy with you're it. You're no longer TikTok. You're no longer a part of the broken hip crowd. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> so so proud of you. Thank you, pussycat. You're very welcome. <laughs> we thank you for listening and you will hear us again in another episode of God'll get you for that, Walter. Good night, guys. Bye bye.